0: the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. I'm Spencer.
1: You're Spencer. I'm Joel.
0: Yeah, this is the first one just us in a while, uh, but the uh, yeah. So um, this uh, is a regular episode. Uh, we have one more, uh, not a special one. Uh, this is like the only like like. Proper French new Ben movie, I would say, which is why we're covering it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Black Girl, his first feature. It's uh, well, first off, I think we, we we both say it's it's fantastic and highly we would highly recommend it. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's an hour long, and uh, we're gonna spoil it, even though I I don't think you can really spoil this movie.
1: Well, no, no. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, just watch it. Like, first thing, stop the podcast if you haven't watched Black Girl. It's on Criterion Channel, and it is only an hour long. And it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. You know, I've, I think I've seen it, like, three times now. And every time, it just feels refreshing.
0: Yeah, it's... uh, It's not per- my personal favorite Simbin film. My first personal favorite one is probably oh it's the world, world war ii one which we're going to do an episode on uh joel i can get you a copy of it don't worry about it it's mm-hmm. kind of hard hard-ish to find uh and we're gonna have uh, at least one other person on that one possibly a second but it it depends but um yeah, so this is black girl 1966 uh how would you describe well uh, I think you, we t- you talked about it in the other sun episode you're on but uh, what's your history with sunben
1: well what have we done before mandabi yes mandabi is is the only one I haven't watched Zala's on my list yeah. but uh I have not watched that one and mandabi is also really, really good. I was just thinking about that. That's funny and I didn't realize it was the same director because <laughs> when his wives think that he's gonna mm-hmm. get this money and they're like making him all this food and he's like the main character's pounding his chest because he's eating too fast. <laughs> it's <was laughs> like like yeah I gotta do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he's man, he's got such a unique style.
0: Yeah. Uh truly really one of greats Like uh it's I like I I understand why like his stuff is the Simben stuff isn't as easily available, but it really should be like like you were talking about with the great directors of the sixties and seventies, Simben should be included up there. Like with Friedkin and, and Kubrick and, and those people. I you know, it's it's like I know, accessibility I guess might be a thing, but like he definitely is of that era like he like I, I put him up for in my opinion on, almost on par of varda but varda is like of the people we're talking about this season varda is by easily the best one and some ben is probably like a close second to uh to me
1: wait uh say that again i'm sorry
0: you were talking about like this is the best directors slash like like, just things that I really loved this season. Yes. Varda is number one with a bullet. Mm. She's the best director of the French New Wave. I'm declaring that now. Okay. I do think a lot of people would agree with me on that. No, you know um, who I like. Yeah. But, uh, some like, Ben is, like, a close number two for me.
1: I mean, this, like, I feel like he's on a different level. That's the problem here. Like, yes, like, totally, the French New Wave... Feelings going on with this this movie in particular, and uh, I was thinking of the other one we watched that was so good. Um, about oh, it's it's got all these like surreal things like representing oh. what happened in Africa. We... Oh,
0: uh, the S- Soleil. Oh,
1: yes, Soleil. Oh, which is another just like, jeez, mind blowing utterly refreshing once again a piece of film work in the middle of what was going on here like yeah. I, I think at this point in our podcasts we've both like been kind of like okay we're seeing a pattern here and it's kind yeah. of mm,
0: yeah but yeah me, me the, Whiteman white man getting either punished or talking about philosophy
1: yeah Doing interest, You know, they're doing interesting things with the camera work and stuff like that, but it's not... There's only so many movies about the fragility of male egos that I can take. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, uh, this and Slate O are like, oh, this
1: is actually about something. Yeah. What do you think of a... Uh, how do you say her name? Uh, the accuracy yeah. Um, I have to go find it. <laughs> it's Mibissine Thery Diop. Something like that.
0: Understanding from what I've heard is that the M you swallow as you say it, so it's not like a full M sound, uh, but it's. Kind of like it, it's it's like a subtle vocal thing that like European Based. and English speakers don't really we don't really have an equivalent sound. Mm. Same with like G. Also does that in certain West African languages I've I've mm. noticed, and it's, just, it's a thing which like uh, it's I don't feel comfortable saying it, saying like saying those names like on recording because like I I really am not sure how to properly make that like. Um, you know, make that like
1: right noise
0: sound. Well, yeah, well,
1: yeah, but you can't embarrass yourself any further. We already have a podcast.
0: Yeah. Uh. So, I've ever seen Thérèse uh, Diop.
1: Is she related to Madi Diop and them, <clears throat> or is it just a coincidence? I,
0: I really don't know, cause Diop is a cop, like is a common name I've seen mm. with like. Senegal area, with like writers and directors and stuff and actors. So it's like I'm not sure if it's like if it's just like the name like Jones or Smith, or if mm. it's. Well, I think it just might be like the the name Jones or Smith potentially, but huh. for over there.
1: Just asking.
0: Yeah, I I I really don't know if like. Yeah, if
1: there is religion or not. Yeah.
0: But uh, she was in Cuties, the movie that was controversial.
1: Oh, yeah, that one that was critically acclaimed and then immediately, you know, brought up by (laughs) people who have nothing better to do.
0: Yeah. You know, the movie that did the exact same thing that um, Loma Sunshine did, but it's a black Muslim director, so. Yep. That's where I draw the line. Yeah, yeah. You can have, you know, that the dance at the end of Loma Sunshine*, and that's cute and quirky. But when a black woman does it, oh no. Well,
1: you know what? You know what? That movie was actually missing. What Greg Kinnear?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: He wasn't doing anything. They could have got him.
0: <laughs> no, I'm gonna say he's doing commercials, but I I don't know why I thought he was doing like voiceover commercials I'm thinking of someone else alright so uh, how would you describe uh, a black girl
1: well one. Uh, the amazing thing about fitting this within like the 58 minutes that the movie has it, it's just like 100% understandable story like there's nothing y- you can come up with like questions about what was the motivation for this and that and why why people were acting this way and stuff like that but really you don't have to try to find the deeper meaning like the lines are so obvious it's you just watch the movie and it's a vibe so it's about a woman uh, what's what is her character's name I believe it's just... uh, Gomez gomé uh, yeah yeah so G- gomé is somebody who worked as a uh, kind of a nanny for this french couple who were living in uh, is this senegal? yes, it's senegal. Yeah. oh, it says right there. senegalese. Yeah. yeah, they they were living in senegal and that's that is that was weirding me out seeing all these like french people being like yeah, we've got great property here and like just you know, a mile down the road, they got all the poor village and stuff like that. Um, but she had previously worked for this French couple, and you know, had a great experience. She had these high hopes. She was making money. You know, she started seeing a young man, and that's that's not where we actually pick up. That's that's the beginning of the story. But the way the movie is laid out is that we see her much more bitter she is brought to france and under the assumption that she's going to be the nanny again but instead the the mother of the french family is making her be the housemaid she's expected to also take care of the kids for some reason everything she do she does in france this french woman is just at her and you know you see that she's having problems with her marriage and stuff like that but the, the internal monologue going on with Gome is just, like, about how, how she doesn't... Under, like, she feels like the whole thing is pointless. Like, she needs to go home. Why is she even here? And nobody is ever trying to connect to her. They take her away from where she lives and where people know and love her. And they just... Treat her like a robot. So, inevitably at the end, after we have flashbacks of her happier life and the continuing misery she's going through, she she just shuts down. And you see... Uh, I mean, she takes her own life to spoil that. And then the end is heartbreaking. Like... Because the, the French father in the movie, he seems like he wants to be kind. But he doesn't go there. It's like, not appropriate. So in the end, he goes back to the Senegalese village where her mother is. And tries to give her mother money. Saying, I'm so sorry for what happened to your daughter. And everyone just turns their back on him. Mike... This isn't something, this wasn't some a purchase. This wasn't an object that you broke. It's, it's so good. Yeah, It's just a tragic story of this this poor girl's life.
0: Yeah, like this is the straightforward ver- well, Soleil o is like the surreal version of in essence what this movie is. Although Soleil yeah. o takes it uh, takes it further and kind of expands on certain themes and this is just like a straightforward like this is like how fucked up colonialism is and how it still it still exists and uh, you know and this is Senegal's is independent at this point, but it's still you know the, the French haven't left clearly. There's still a strong presence. there still is a, a racial inequality.
1: Mm. Do you know what the deal was back then? What do you mean, the deal? I mean, they're just, like, colonizers? Or? well,
0: It's a former colony, and the French, you know, they had more money than the than the people they colonized, so they, some of them just stuck around.
1: What are you talking about? More money? Yeah. That's crazy. And,
0: and the president at the time uh, was working with France, because, like, long story short uh, the colonies in africa kind of fucked up everything with with the uh, independent with when the country has going independent and so they have to still rely on europe and france has uh, still a big foothold in africa still uh even though they really shouldn't but it's it's all uh, long-winded complicated thing to fully get into but uh uh, even though like you know senegal was free in sixty six they like the French still had to be there because like there's like then leave the, they, they left them in a in a in a place where like they they fully couldn't you know like uh like the, what they wanted to do wasn't achievable on their own because of- uh you know what they did to the country and the people
1: unsustainable you
0: know? yeah yeah yeah. Mm,
1: that sounds like something that's still going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, and now and after you have China, and colonizing all over again financially. Really? Jeez. Yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. Uh, a bunch of, uh, I think, some major corporations, forgot which ones. But in more modern movies, you see like comments on China, and you see Chinese, uh, like executives and shit, and just like, they don't really directly. Like, criticize it, but if you if you know about the whole recolonization economically by China and you watch more modern films, you say, like, oh, okay, this is a, a big fucking problem that uh, is, like, you know, it, it's, it's getting recolonized all over again,
1: like, continent wide. It's just nothing. Mm. Anyways, let's go back to the movie before I get. I'm already <laughs> depressed. It's depressing time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, well, uh, what's your what's your strong feeling on the like the plot of the movie?
0: Strong feeling would be watching it. it uh, in recent years, I've really turned around my opinion on two particular Tantino films dealing with race, and watching it this time made me go like. Oh, this is the way you're supposed to like talk about racism and like uh, inequality because like it's done in a way where it's very clear. It's not uh, like vulgar with the mentality of a 14 year old. It's just treated in a way. It's like if you are a human with empathy, you can just simply understand like the racial inequality. You can understand how certain like you know, the colonizer attitude. It's you don't need uh you know, like like the like the N word being said every other word just to make a point of this character's racist. This movie shows like that woman is clearly a racist and there's no uh like annoying, immature way of portraying it. And it's like but this movie like it's just very mature and thoughtful. And also let me think of like Godard and true and like the contemporaries that he's clearly riffing off of somebody's riffing off of mm. but done in a way where it's like I, I i want i want more movies about like africans done in this style because that that, that that's like it's like we, we criticize the whole philosophy like mentally jerking off thing enough where it's like yeah yeah i get it and then the scene like this movie and slight o and uh story story of a three day pass is like uh the scene of style applied to other people in the world mm-hmm. is this really uh it, it's a very enlightening way to portray like you know other issues besides like uh is it okay to study philosophy and be a Catholic you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> how what, what level of hell am I going to as they're drinking tea in their cafe wrapped in their nice clothing like, ah life life is such a mystery sometimes you slap a girl and then you sleep with three others ah what's going on
0: yeah it's like I want to cheat on my wife, so I'm gonna cheat on my wife. Oh, she's gonna! Oh, she killed me! Oh, I guess yeah. I deserved it.
1: <laughs> I That that was the exception to the rule. We've yeah. seen that's yeah. that's why that movie <laughs> is memorable.
0: Yeah. but like it's in general, it's like I want to see this style apply to other things besides just like you know fragile, mediocre men. And like the scene it here is like oh, this style is like. It's like revolutionary and can get across revolutionary ideas and feelings if it's just like yeah. focused on other uh, other kinds of people.
1: Yeah, I mean the rare movie that's about you know immigrants first of all and second of all people with no financial control over their life. They're just like hoping that they can make it through the week or in a strange country that already doesn't want to accept them because they don't speak the language properly or definitely the skin color. I mean, that's, that goes without saying. Yeah. I feel like some people are under the impression that the European countries were not as racist as America was in the sixties. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." I mean, (laughs) not from what I've, not from what I've seen. Yeah.
0: It's, well, that stuff isn't covered in like, in in schools here. We we only yep. give to Africa is slavery happened, and Rommel during World War Two for the Nazis, and that's kind of the extent.
1: Mm. And a bunch of Egypt shit.
0: Yeah, Egypt, but that that goes out saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a, a a professor in college who. Taught that World War One was the end of the European empires, even though all of that, almost all Africa, was colonized by Europe. Still, for the next fifty years,
1: yeah, yeah, he just meant that nobody was going out and finding new places. They kept the ones they had.
0: Yeah, you know, like Vietnam, the continent of Africa, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Korea, and basically most of Oceania.
0: Yep, Hong Kong. hmm.
1: Mississippi. No, wait. Yeah, yeah South America. Yeah. <laughs> we can go on. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you notice a Simbin cameo?
1: Uh, you're going to have to tell me. Yeah. He's the
0: guy with the pipe.
1: So this must be in Senegal. Yes. Yes. I, I bet if the next time i watch it i'm gonna know exactly who you're talking about but i don't he has a
0: remember. cameo in his first few movies always as well he always, always was smoking like a, a pipe that was like his thing mm. yeah like there's there some cool pictures of him' that, like look looking fashionable and just like in hip like smoking a pipe
1: yeah yeah the pipe is very deceiving it's not like a like there used to be a time where I thought that, oh man somebody's smoking a cigarette that's a cool person now I don't think that's cool. Hmm. Same thing with cigars, but if somebody's smoking a pipe I'm like hmm that guy's kind of elegant.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Zamboni kind of had a, a bit of an ego because like he, he knew he was like you know he he knew he was the shit. He knew he was like one of the you know uh, best filmmakers you know in his in the region. So he kind of has built up persona, which like kind of like we talked about with Melville, the sunglasses and tough guy persona. Simbin had like, uh, like leftist Marx, like Marxist uh, guy who would always like dress kind of fashionable and with a pipe, but like he actually mm. firmly believed in his, his leftism, not not like a, a a posturing thing.
1: Right, was it just like the suit he was wearing to seem edgy?
0: Like, like this, me. <laughs> yeah. Like this is a, uh, like a a full on like this, like a a, a a like a leftist movie. Like there's no other way to interpret it. Even though it it's very subtle with you no, know, not, 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 not subtle, like I I won't call this movie subtle. It's just like it's very direct, but in a direct in a way where it's like there's a difference between like Spike Lee. Uh, bashing you in the the face with a message and just like directly saying a message
1: yeah literally spiking the camera (laughs) yeah and this just being this tale that like you'd have to really twist your brain around to interpret it as something like well it's her fault like uh or something (laughs) yeah it's like it's 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 the the cool thing is it's such a small story it's just about this this one woman in the last last part of her life basically and it represents something that was just probably all over the place like it was just this this thing like you take you take us from africa you take us from our countries and then we aren't people and we you probably weren't people back then but at least we had each other Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that that French mom like. What the hell was her (laughs) problem? Uh,
0: I think maybe she was jealous of the fashion of uh of her of her new maid. Oh yeah. She was more fashionable and more modern and more hip than the mom.
1: Yeah.
0: And like I part like uh, and like uh, like one of the many things I like about this movie is that she is a modern she's a modern woman she is a modern person and like she she dresses very modern she you know like uh, she's very fashionable and there's this real sense of defying this stereotype of like well you know there are all a bunch of savages over there like it just shows like no it's like they're people who pay attention to the world also and again, that's right. a, a, a subtle thing that's like, you know, if you pay attention, you know, it's obvious, but it, again, it's not like bashing in the face, it's just like, it's just, it's there very directly.
1: I, th- I think the scene where uh, the, our main lady gets, she gets completely dressed up to the nines, and she puts on the high heels, and she goes out, and she starts cleaning the house, and of course, or not of course, I have no idea why, the but it, the French French lady is like, you can't clean the house in those kind of shoes and stuff like that. Like, she was supposed to know what was expected of her when she dressed up. It's like, no, this this is an individual with her own life. Like, if she wants to wear those shoes, she can. And But the reason she's wearing them is because she didn't come here to be your house servant. Like, she was expecting to, like, enjoy life in France and that's that wasn't your intention so I guess she's just fucked
0: yeah uh, and it's just and like seeing like it's like the, some of, of like the, my favorite things from this are just seeing the you see Senegal and you see you know what life is like in Senegal and you see France and it's like literally a world apart it's like vastly different than the experience of living in the Senegal but she's you know trapped in that one apartment the whole time and so she you know she's in this you know, uh, you know this country where she has more opportunity than she's ever had her whole life but she still has no no access to it
1: no agency we didn't bring you here to live your life. We brought you here to whatever, follow our orders. Yeah. God, that scene. Oh, God. The scene when they're having dinner with their friends and like, oh, this is real cynical food. Oh, it's a bit spicy and all that stuff. And then that that older man just is like, I've never kissed a black woman before. Or whatever. He says something worse than black woman, I think. Uh and uh it's just yeah it's just a prop <laughs> not a human being yeah uh
0: did you uh what do you think of the mask uh, showing up in the movie
1: well i don't think that jim carrey's performance really fit in with the rest <laughs> of it but i appreciate what he was going for Uh i mean yeah yeah, i did the mask having so much meaning and then just becoming another once again just another object to present just another trophy on the wall it's like they liked it they really liked it and it but they didn't understand the significance
0: yeah, just like uh, in Candyman, the original one, the shitty husband hit the apartment is is full of African masks, mm. and, and like I and that has like a similar vibe of it, so it's just like a it's simply a collection to him and nothing more.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what you get when. Uh, oh, what's that actor's name?
0: <laughs> that <laughs> Balthazar Getty. No, no.
1: It's, I, uh, I know what you mean.
0: It's a 90s guy. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, he was on Dexter for a long time. That's, oh, and he was in the Air Force One. This is not important. Except for we're movie nerds. So we've mm-hmm. made it important. Um, oh,
0: Xander Berkeley!
1: How can you forget that name, Joel? Xander, yeah. I'm mean, so like, good at playing a scumbag.
0: Yeah, uh, Balthazar Getty, Xander Berkeley—they're both ridiculous names.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Balthazar Getty sounds like a place. Yeah, and Xander Berkeley sounds like a neuromancer.
0: <laughs> That's a good D and D name.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned the the dinner scene. My my one note for that is uh Whites handling the spice pretty well.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. how she's like I barely put any spice in it. And of course they're like, it is a bit spicy. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, and as someone who who goes to a there's a local uh I believe Nigerian family runs it restaurant near me and uh what uh, they sometimes give you the, the chance of a uh, like uh, normal spice or they like, can tone it down. I always go for full, even though oh, I I can't really handle it. But uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, you know, in, in this movie, she is being pretty kind by toning it down.
1: Yeah, yeah, she didn't have to. I mean, she could have just like really burn it up to be cruel to these people that are being cruel to her nobody would have blamed her that's the thing though like on top of not being her own autonomous person like she does begin to slide in that role and like it it attributes her so much to her depression or contributes so much to her depression you know at the end when they're like, mm-hmm. why isn't she working? Blah blah blah, and they like f- basically throw money at her. Mm-hmm. Like, were they not paying her the entire time? Also, <laughs> I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I'm not really
0: sure, because there was like a I think uh, there was one moment where they do they, they do say like you can go out, but like it's only like one one mention of it that you get to see. Yeah. And uh, so this, uh, Beckley, the, this is uh, inspired by a news, newspaper article that some bench saw. Because I believe he was living in France at the time. Or he was... was he, uh, yeah, I believe he lived in France and rampetti stayed in Senegal. Or my my is to uh, get mixed up who stayed in cynical who didn't but uh, uh but there's a, a some bits a newspaper article that said like black girl uh, uh killed herself and it's basically the story of the movie you not know, inspired him to be like well what was this person's life and yeah. you know him being like the person that he was he he knew like well the chances are she'd probably you know came over here because of a job and blah 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 and, and uh and you see the article on the newspaper uh and from the from the actual newspaper in the movie when they, when you see the beach uh and when they're when they go to France yeah because the French title is translates to the black girl of right which is uh I believe the title of the Newspaper article that's based off Mm. of
1: weird and reductive.
0: Yeah, and more ethical than hustlers, which didn't really credit the uh, the person who wrote the article that inspired that movie. Really? Yeah, there's some lawsuits uh, regarding with like that movie. Hmm.
1: So, the guy who wrote the article about street racing for that somehow inspired the Fast and the Furious, that guy got credit.
0: <laughs> did he get credit?
1: Yeah, he did. He, oh. like it's, if you watch the credits, I shouldn't be admitting this, I've seen the movie like 12 times, uh, it, it pops up based on an article by Ba blah, blah blah. I think. Mm. I have to look it up in the wacky credits section of IMDb.
0: Mm. Yeah, like this is a movie that I feel like. Like, I really wonder, like, what did Godar and them think of this? Because, you, you know, like, some of those guys must have seen it. Mm. And I'm trying to think of, like, of their. of the other movies. And, like, I know Varda. I'm sure Varda probably saw this, and Varda would probably be empathetic, and, empathetic enough to, like, you know. Get on this movie's level and understand, because she, by all accounts, was like a pretty cool person.
1: Yeah, yeah, she was interested in, in other cultures and spent a lot of time, you know, hanging out with people and all that stuff like that. As far mm-hmm. as I know, she seemed she seemed to give a fuck.
0: Yeah, because yeah, like there's a version of this movie where it's like if, uh, like darn made it, it would have been about the husband losing interest in his wife that like we only get to see little aspects of mm. but like there's like there's like i can easily see like you know the other version of this of like they just have like uh, an african uh, uh, a senegalese you know maid in the background but it's all about the husband losing interest in his wife or whatever
1: yeah I mean, like, yeah, there could be like a murmur of the heart going on in the background. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm, I am am i got to focus on this. What's going on with this family? Like, no. I re, I really like the choice he made, the director, to mm-hmm. not tell it in like a linear fashion. Just remember how blown away people were by Pulp Fiction and mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs, and it's like, it, like, I'm glad. That Quentin Tarantino did that stuff. Like, I'm not trying to say yeah. like he copied anybody, but he did copy people, and he, he. That's because people had been doing it for years. It just wasn't the norm in American cinema. Yeah. And, but uh, I guess who's going to credit that? Yeah.
0: I mean, if, you, if you're a big enough personality, the actual history doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, uh so I I watched the like, give me a second, I'll go grab the Blu ray so I can get a name right. Alright. <laughs> Watch the extra interview uh, with uh, Mathea Diawara. No, that wasn't it, it was (laughs) was that? that must have been it then. Um, and uh he, they, they were talking about just uh, the symbolism of the mask and how, in mm. uh, Simba's mind, the movie isn't about. It is about is more about like, like her, like her soul, like her, 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 like her Senegalese identity, is the mask, and. Mm-hmm. Even though her body dies, her spirit is still alive, because with the end, in part where the little boy is just, uh, following the the man, the the dad around wearing a mask, and the dad is freaking out. Yeah, like that's, uh, like symbolically, you know, like uh, her spirit, you know, like getting her like, like, like you know, in a way, getting revenge, and also showing like. You know, she has she is powerful again. She has returned to her homeland. You know, she is a, a complete uh, entity uh, again.
1: That's where she was supposed to be. That's where she belongs. I mean i i want the I want the version of the movie where she does go to France and instead of staying where she was, she she finds a way to like escape that. Horrid existence she was stuck in. Like find somebody who treats her right and live this beautiful thing. It's like not reality.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a really good interview, and uh, I don't really talk about the whole thing, but there are a couple main points, but uh. Yeah, I could cover some, right? Uh, and like, and, and like, part of like a lot of the interviews was about like the <coughs> the status at the time between France and Senegal, and there's a sense of the current president uh, was trying to like uh, be equals with with France, but they're but. They had to speak, but like part of it was in order to be to equal They had to speak French and not their language. They had to speak, you know, the language of the colonizer. Uh, mm-hmm. he mentioned that I, I forgot to mention this. Um, Simbin wrote uh, novels as well as ma- making movies, and the novel this uh of uh, he would make the movie version of his novels. And the novel version of this one is um, the police find a body, and it's presented more like a mystery, initial a mystery frame, framing at first, and then it goes into like her backstory. And then the movie just like stripped out all the police, uh, all the police stuff, and just like got yeah. to like what actually mattered.
1: Yeah. That stuff all happened, at some point. It's not. It's not like uh, <laughs> not like the French couple yeah. took her body, took responsibility. It's just another mess they need to clean up. Like they don't even seem that upset that it happened.
0: Yeah, that's you know, like on a larger scale, you know, you could just see us as the representation of like, well, that's what the French thought of, you know the people they colonized it's like if one dies well it's just a minor annoyance to them mm-hmm. and uh what the other thing worked down okay and so this was so Simben basically decided to make this feature film uh because there was a a black arts um festival in dakar that at the time called the Dakar, uh, Dakar is the capital of Senegal. The Dakar uh, Arts Festival, mm-hmm. and it was a huge deal internationally. And at the so it's premiered at the one in, at the one at 1966, and just to give a perspective of like how big it was, uh, the CIA and KGB were there for surveillance and just uh, you know keep an eye on. What's going on in the world? Uh, Duke Ellington was a performer there. Langston Hughes was there. Alvin Alley was there. Uh, uh, there's this one Nigerian writer. He's the only one left from the fifties generation. Uh, uh, Wole, uh, Sonika. Mm. Yeah, he, oh, he, man, he is still alive yeah he's the last one left of that generation, but he's part of like the Chinowa Achebe generation and uh, Sabrina Quincy he was there and uh yeah, so it was like a big deal and it was just a kind of a known thing that that simben was just a a known celebrity basically at the time, and it was expected like you know uh if in the, like the president kind of encouraged him apparently. In other people' could be like, we're having this big arts festival, and you're our most famous artist, so you kind of have to have something to show for the nation of Senegal to represent us. Mm. Have to. Yeah, I mean, he he wanted to, but there was also a kind of a, a a pressure given his position of like, like you know, he's king shit. He's the one who like represents the nation you know, among, you know, international you know, art scene basically.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And apparently he wanted the front, the African parts to be in Wolof But uh the producers who I believe were French or I mean yeah, it's that? That's the only way we can have it. Uh were like, uh can you make it in French instead? So we can know, so that, you know, so it's easier for us, pretty much. Yeah. But the, the next movie, he was like, "Fuck that! I'm making it in, in my own language," which, <laughs> is, which is part of why uh, *Mandavi* so revolutionary.
1: Well, people see that movie. I don't know. I mean, how popular was that movie at the time? This one? No, *Mandavi*. Uh,
0: for. I mean, for Simbin, it, it was, you know, enough of a success that he could keep making movies. Mm-hmm. Like, with with his movies, I really can't tell how popular they were internationally, because I've tried to find uh, stuff, like, in the U.S., and the, only, the earliest one i found is Chala, Zala, or Chala. Uh, uh, Ebert reviewed it in 16. in in, in like 76 or 77 when it hit america but uh yeah like you know like uh at this point in his career i don't like 60s era his career i'm not sure how much his movies like reached outside of africa and europe i feel like by the 70s like he was reaching america but at this point it was like mostly france and you know africa
1: Hmm. i think we have we have such a hard time talking about movies that we like absolutely love
0: yeah it's
1: because it's it's easier to criticize things than it than it is to just explain like the individual emotions that that a movie will cause like by the end by the end of a movie as good as this everything that you've experienced like the sadness or the the joy or the excited or all you know everything fear just becomes this one big wonderful mesh inside your brain yeah it's like if i if i took notes i might be able to say more but Mm -hmm. i don't even think yeah
0: yeah well uh uh, I'm sure you noticed just like Amandabi uh, uh he actually some actually cared about a, a, a woman's perspective on things and experience and uh some men, according to the interview I listened, I watched was uh, like a, a big part of his like political belief was anti-patriarchy um uh, mm. he you know, he hated the like, capitalistic, male-focused societies, because they are, they, in his mind, they are bad, which I, I agree with him uh, on that on that note, but, uh, and he also believed that every successful political revolution was successful because women were involved. You have to involve everyone in order for, like, a movement to be successful.
1: Yeah, which makes, is, I mean, the
0: yeah, and that that's that, that reflected in his movies too like he always uh pretty much always like at least had like one or two strong female characters to you know where like their opinion mattered the what like what you know what their experience was actually mattered and black girl you know is you know all focused on this one woman's experience and like it shows like you know he actually you know, cared about like well what would what would a woman feel like dealing with this
1: shit? Yeah they're a person instead of just so that's a I mean that's a French new wave thing it It feels like the women have their philosophies and they have their their things like I'm thinking of uh my night at mods mm. and but in the end. They they're just like beautiful objects. That I don't know. They feel like props. Yeah. Even in like La Ventura, which is feels like it's mostly about uh, what's her name's character instead of the boyfriend. Yeah, Monica Vitti. And it, it you know it goes to the trouble of like being like this this is what it's like to be a woman during those scenes where men are just practically trying to rip her apart for some reason it's like still at the end like she she doesn't have the kind of agency that a man would
0: yeah like the only like apparently the later Romare movies the bigger focus on women which is I've kind of been interested in watching uh but I'm kind of still on the fence about Romare uh uh, some
1: it, it just, they keep telling me there's there's good Romero out there. I mean, I've only seen the two I think that we watched.
0: Yeah, those and, are two, well, those are the good ones, according to people. And uh, <laughs> I mean, my aunt, is for some parts are great. Some parts I just don't give a shit.
1: So I wonder if if we had like watched those at the beginning of this podcast, we'd be like, oh yeah, that was great. You know, because like stupid in in the sci-fi podcast, that was, mm-hmm. I did. Please don't send me in outer space. I remembered Hardware as being like this amazing movie that that, like, you know, with the effects going on and the uh, psychedelic things. um, And then when we rewatched it for the 100th episode, it was like, oh, that was okay. (laughs) Like, what happened? I don't know. We've just seen enough that it's not as remarkable as it was before.
0: Like, Varda, you know, obviously was good with make, making movies focused on women. And not that, like, every movie needs to be about a certain type of people. It's just when you're looking at like, a movie like French New Wave and you notice the patterns, you kind of you know, at some point you kind of get tired of the pattern. It's like I just want, you know, a shift in the formula. Yeah. Yeah, but like, uh, I think Truffaut is pretty good with female characters. Uh, who's that, the other? The guy made super long movies.
1: Uh, Terrence Malick,
0: Jacques Rivette was also like oh, okay. good with like having like, but still at the end of the day, it's just still like you know Varda did it best, and like Ben also you know was really great it, with just like just making sure like you know th- they are people too.
1: It's it's rarely a movie about. Like it's not the woman's story, but uh, what was the one uh, where it was super interesting? The woman had to become a prostitute. It was it was her story. jeez, um, it's got a uh, it's got a French name that doesn't translate for some reason.
0: Belle de Jour.
1: No, no. I oh. missed that episode two or I three. Like that movie. No. Hold on, I'll find it. Maybe.
0: Oh, <laughs> my life to live?
1: Yes, that's the one.
0: I mean, I mean Yar yeah. was good with women
1: when he was with uh, Anna Karina. Right, when he had somebody telling him what to do. Yeah, and yeah, two or, two or three things is also, but that's not really a movie about a person. It's it's just yeah. kind of like a filming experiment.
0: Yes. Like his, all his like plotline ideas and shit kinda like as he's going through his blocal ideas, I mm. think.
1: V- I am now French. Yeah. Oh, that's not even the French name. <laughs> the French name is Verra Savie Fume in Interesting.
0: Yes. Uh. Uh. Oh. Good. Yeah. Uh, one. And like. Uh. One thing I always like about some Ben is that his. Uh. Like his movies always look good. He always knows how to like costume people. He knows how to frame a scene, and just having the black and white, and. Uh. And like have having, uh, you know the titular black girl wearing. Uh, like light colors it just like it's a it's a contrast and, like he understands like how to make something pop on screen and also yeah. a thing that I, i've I, i've always been such somewhat aware of it but it's really become more of a thing i noticed in recent years uh he knows how to light dark skinned people because if you watch uh uh, Mary was watching um, going through Grey's Anatomy and Isaiah Washington, that guy's name. Mm-hmm. And he's yep. darker skinned, and the lighting that show makes him look weird because they do not know how to light a dark skinned uh, person on, on that show. And, like, it's they just, like, I mean, he's the only one Dude. there, but there's still, yeah. like, a. If you just, like, pay attention to, like, TV shows or movies with, like, darker skinned people, sometimes. They, their skin looks weird because uh, not everyone knows how to like correctly light, you know, darker skin people. And it's just a it, it's just an interesting thing. Like Jordan Peele knows how to because he you know he's a black person who understands like you can't use the same lighting for everyone and shit. But you know it's like Daniel Dan Kaluuya never looked weird and get out like because he understood like you have to light him certain a certain way but you know other yeah. stuff it's like you should have talked to like i don't know a black cinematographer about this talk to like inner dickerson about this because he would understand how to do this
1: yeah at the, at the very least you need to talk to people who have worked with black actors in you know the re- at least reasonable movies they, they don't typically hire dark-skinned black people for roles right I,
0: uh, men, not women, because well, and and in Hollywood, because like, it, there's still a lot of colorism in Hollywood. Where like, uh, darker skinned women aren't are are
1: allowed to be big stars, in general. Yeah. No, it wasn't until Orange is the New Black that I realized that they even existed. Ooh. That's sarcasm. I know. I know, but I was telling the audience they can't see my face, and neither can you. But I think you can feel my face, which is different. Uh, I'm not the girlfriend, Mask. What is that movie? Called Are we mask? talking about the mask again? Uh, Rocky <laughs> Dennis. Yeah, Cam- Cameron Diaz feeling oh. Rocky Dennis's <laughs> face. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, somebody stop me. <laughs> Thank you, Eric Stoltz.
0: Alright, so yeah, this movie is really good. Watch it. It's an hour long. Um... Uh, it'll make you feel things. If it doesn't, I don't know. I'll question your taste.
1: Definitely. As somebody with attention deficit disorder, like, well, an hour-long movie feels pretty good anyways, but I can be easily distracted. Like, especially if it's a movie I've seen a couple of times. It's like, well, I'll just look at my phone. But Black Girl just absolutely sucks your attention in. Uh, wh- One more thing I want to say. Uh, You were talking about the lighting and the black uh-huh. and white the, the clothes she was wearing uh-huh. in my brain I see everything in full color for some uh-huh. reason like you could just like see the colors of the the outfits she's wearing even though obviously black and white but you know that it's beautiful yeah
0: yeah the actress uh, just had name out here uh uh Mavis Stein at Diop. she's still alive there's an interview with her in on the blu-ray she's in she's in a couple movies uh if she I, was
1: just in cuties i mean that was 2 years ago
0: yeah uh oh, interesting that her exact birthday is not known but <gasps> mysterious yeah i mean um Betty's birthday is up to debate it's uh, all it's known is that it is in january outside of that uh, who knows i've seen yeah, like a yeah. couple different dates listed
1: i'm sure if there were records kept that they probably i mean people get shuffled around with colonizers and all these things like that it's, it's not necessarily important to remember the exact day somebody was born. Yeah. Like, what, what is the purpose of that measurement except for to know how close they are to dying, <laughs> I don't know. and whether or not they should be dating teenagers?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, some bench similar thing is like it. It's it says January first, but uh, I, given he was born in the twenties in in colonized you know West Africa, I don't really. I'm not hundred percent that's like the actual date he was born
1: yeah yeah that's the generic like he was probably born in this year so January 1st
0: yeah yeah anyway, so yeah this is 1966 we've done this year multiple times already uh afuru it's a great novel by flora Nawapa uh if you have a local library it's probably there mm. and sort of doom Nakadai. you know the uh, there's a. It's,
1: yeah. You can't go wrong.
0: Yeah, I think Cincinnati Kid is this year. That's the movie that Hal Ashby was an editor on, and he won an Oscar. Not that married but Hal Ashby fucking rules, and uh, he's a mm. great editor. That movie has a great flow to it, and uh, the uh, I believe he is from Delaware. Cab Calloway. Uh, there's a music school in Northern Delaware uh, that he founded later in life. Uh, That's but, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't know about until late high school, actually. No one ever mentioned yeah, I'm still a little salty about that. Not that I was evil, even able evil to go to it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Cab Calloway is in Cincinnati Kid uh, playing a guy with a crazy name, but everyone has a crazy name in it to the point where it's like Cab Calloway would, th- playing himself would fit into that movie with that crazy name. But mm-hmm. whatever. And you get to see a young Rip Torn, and young Rip Torn is like weirdly handsome. And uh, if you're used to old Rip Torn, seeing him young, it took me a second to be like, "Oh, I've only seen him as like a grumpy, like kind of weird old man, <laughs> not like yeah. not like a handsome young devil."
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of I like I feel like he got revamped with Men in Black. Like all, all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh, Rip Torn, where who's where's this guy been? But like I know he's in The Man Who Fell From Earth The David Bowie movie And uh, he's like Starkers in that So beware Hmm You know what Starkers means? No He's totally nude
0: Oh Full frontal? I think so Yeah Oh oh, He was a pretty
1: brave person That's, so that's... 60s Or yeah. whatever 70s hmm?
0: Yeah I mean he was Yeah he he pulled a shocking on, uh, I think, is Dennis Hopper during um, that movie Dennis Hopper made that I saw once and didn't like that much Easy Rider. Mm. I was I was fifteen or sixteen, so I didn't really get what the point of the movie was. I haven't still haven't, haven't seen it since then. Actually,
1: yeah, I always put that one off because I don't I don't know. <laughs> like, I think I'm just like. Uh, what's the word? Not, don't not really care. B- uh, bitter. It feels like. like I mean the the intention of the movie is that it's like the hippies failed, and this is like the the dirty era we live in, and stuff like that. It's like I I've got enough of that already in my life. I don't <laughs> don't don't tell me that anymore. Yeah. Uh, Sixty six. A yep. Good Ben, the Ugly Daisies blow up, which I like, and you don't. Correct uh, the the face of another fucking amazing another Nakadai right there, mm-hmm. and uh, like uh, Tokyo Drifter has nothing to do with the Fast and the Furious. Sorry, Doom, you already mentioned uh, yeah, the Stark the Folk pornographers. Uh, Star Tokyo Drifter died
0: earlier this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. I think it was earlier this year. I'm not, I'm not sure how time works anymore.
1: I think I think everybody should watch the pornographers because it sounds like you're going to get a dirty movie, and it is dirty, but like it's so fucking interesting. Yeah, Japan like just knew what they were doing for some yeah. reason. The Japanese New Wave,
0: that's my favorite mm-hmm. New Wave. Besides well, yeah, yeah, Japan New Wave. Then check, and then I'd probably put French third. Ah, uh, the star of Stork- Tokyo Drifter is Tetsu Watari, and it was oh, it was almost two years ago when he died. No. Oh. Anyway, yeah.
1: I love that movie.
0: That's it for you.
1: That's it for me. No, I don't have anything new.
0: You no, know, your streaming thing.
1: Oh, what do you mean? Oh, you mean like uh, what, yeah, you... what I'm doing? Yeah, your YouTube yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm, I, I've basically transitioned. Well, I'm not transitioning. I'm still obviously podcasting. You're listening to me right now, but I also make uh, videos of the games I'm playing, let's plays, if you will, on YouTube. If you search JDT Games underscore K as in kitten, C as in chitten, no chicken. <laughs> so bad at this. And D as in Doberman Pinscher, KCD. You will find my videos. I've done a series on uh, this really funny puzzle game called, I mean, it's it's based on Sherlock Holmes and the Hounds of the Baskerville, or Hound of the Baskerville, but uh, yeah, the story doesn't really have anything to do with the actual Sherlock Holmes story, and then I just finished... Uh, playing Day of the Tentacle Remastered. And that that one's more of a straightforward like uh, walkthrough because I've played that game many, many times. And uh, I'm still playing Elden Ring on there. Occasionally, I Twitch. Well, that sounds funny. Occasionally, I stream on Twitch, but uh, the schedule for that needs to be clarified and uh, we can put in the links afterwards. All right. Uh, and and um, of course Arbitrary Indiscriminate Movie Podcast With me, Spencer, and Melly uh,
0: As of this recording We're about to do one on Con Air
1: That's right
0: uh, which, Edit. Uh, I remember uh, Scott uh, Thorough Said Con Air is basically The same plot as Wild at Heart Which kind of blew my mind Because I never realized that before
1: I'm go- I'm gonna have to analyze that. The
0: the like the gen- like the general the general uh, overarching plot stuff is like there's kind of a lot of crossover, with similar yeah. endings. Yeah. The
1: ending of there, there's I, there's nothing. Ah, okay. Yeah. There there's some for layers. some reason it just yeah. bothers me that. <laughs> Comparing those two, because Wild at Heart for me is like in my top ten. I think uh, Con Air is just you know I like it. I, I especially like how many like uh, character actors you see, including transphobic Dave Chappelle getting run over. Spoiler.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to rewatch that. That that's a that's a, that's a, a great like afternoon TBS movie. mm Hmm. Uh, what am I going to be on? I don't know. I'll be on maybe some other shows, potentially. I don't know. Potentially. Yeah, potentially. As of this recording, the last one we put out was Salon Kitty, which, Joel, you couldn't get a hold of because it's out of print and you have to know yeah. where to a look to actually uh, get a legal copy of it anymore.
1: It's actually illegal to have that movie in Utah, so
0: oh. I mean it is there's a lot of nudity, male and female, so I'm I'm sure it would be against good slob there.
1: Yeah. They're okay with the Nazi stuff, but the nudity.
0: Oh, oh. okay. And if you're a fan <laughs> of um the guest on that one brought up if you're a fan of the movie Tenebrae, one of the leads in Tenebrae is in Slong Kitty and he is fully nude into the close-up on his penis. Well thank God yeah
1: <laughs> this just in penis
0: <laughs> yeah all right so uh I time coming out I don't know stuff just pay attention yep. yeah uh we're, we're at a home stretch we're, uh getting this at the last the last chunk of it done and uh yeah uh, keep listening and uh listen to our uh, our other show. And pay, don't have Patreon.
1: Yep, patreon.com dot slash aim podcast. You could also go there to support this podcast. I should just change the thing so that more people, uh, well, because we're connected, obviously, to the host, us, you, me, and Mel, who yeah. secretly is our third host on uh, Shoot the Piano Player. She just doesn't know it yet.
0: Yeah, actually, we have to do the, our birthday episode come pretty soon.
1: Oh yeah. And we're going to watch Striptease and Striptease 2, Pennies from Heaven. Wait, that's Pins- not Striptease. Damn it. Showgirls. Showgirls and Showgirls 2. <sighs> yeah, Striptease is a different movie. Yeah, I'm not watching Striptease. Although it does have, uh, what's his name in it? Reynolds? Uh, no, Reynolds? Um, no, Bing Rhames.
0: Oh, is he doing the Striptease?
1: No, he's like a weird bodyguard guy.
0: Oh. Oh, now he's making all that money doing the Arby's commercials. Oh man. He's I the we be... have the we have the meats guy. I'm probably everything
1: rhymes. I might be wrong about that. Listen, I'll do your commercials, but I get as many of these roast beef sandwiches as I want. And I got to send some to my friend Tom Cruise. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, All right.
0: The show can be found on Twitter at PianoPlayerPod Our email is still highandlowpod at gmail.com You can find a show on Spotify Podbean and various other places where you can find podcasts. Our intro music is by Vivian Fop, and our cover art is by Sarah Roberts. You can find her art sarahkathleenroberts.com and thank you for listening.